Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You. We are the podcast that takes you beyond the audition room doors and shows you what happens in the casting room when things don't quite go to plan. That's right. If you're a fan of theatre, of comedy, of movies, of TV or anything that requires an audition, you may not know what really happens in the audition room. And we are here to share with you exactly that. That's right. Every story that I tell our guest this week is a true story that happened to somebody in an audition room, whether it's for a musical, for a play, for a drama school or anything like that. And they are confessing them to us and finally sharing them with the world. My name is Christopher Bartlett-Walford. I am your host. And like I said, each week I'm joined by a guest from the world of entertainment. But this week is a very special episode as we welcome our very first audition pianist. Now, the role of an audition pianist is to basically be the person who provides the music to a musical theatre audition. That's right. You give them your music, you walk over to them, you take them through the song and then they play. But that means they get to sit in and be part of huge processes, whether it's a huge musical, whether it's a film, whether it's a ballet recital. They do loads. And our guest this week is one of London's finest. His name is Josh Winston, and he's involved with productions of Songs for a New World at the London Palladium next week. He's uh, involved in productions of First Dates, the online musical, which we'll link down below in the description. It's a really, really fun episode. Lots and lots of stories submitted by you, our listeners, and lots from Josh. Josh's career and including one of my favorite stories I've ever been told by a guest about an accent. Get ready. It's great. So I hope you enjoy it. As you're listening, make sure you give us a tweet or an Instagram tag at don't call us pod. And while you're listening, if you think you've got one of those stories that you'd love to share with us on the show completely anonymously, then make sure you get on your emails and send us a message. Don't call us pod at gmail.com. The show is made by your wonderful audition confessions. Both sides of the table, I must add. So, without further ado, I start the show this week, as I do every week, by asking what auditions mean to our guest. Do they get scared? Do they get nervous? What do auditions mean to them? Um, I love being an audition pianist. It's like my favourite thing. If I could do one thing from now to the day I died, it would be audition pianist. I love MDing shows, so please, please keep on hiring me for things. Um, but as <laughs> straight far in there, as, straight in there. <laughs> absolutely. Plug, plug, plug. Um, but as far as the bit of my job that I love the most, I love audition playing. Um, and I think you learn a lot more about the actors from just meeting them as, as an audition pianist, who's someone they probably don't have to impress hugely. It's just someone that's playing the piano for them. And then I go and see how they talk to the members of the casting panel. I go, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, that very often. They're all normally very lovely. Yeah, normally. Um, but normally. But I absolutely love playing. It's the, it was the one thing that really got me into kind of sight reading, um, training as kind of a classical pianist, and then going into playing for auditions and stuff. It was like, oh, I've never really done sight reading before. And it was probably the best way, if I can give one suggestion out to any pianist out there, it would be to play for auditions. Mm. Because when you're sight reading normally, you're only sight reading for yourself. So if you muck it up, you muck it up and you carry on. Whereas for me, I had that kind of pressure of if I muck it up, it's their audition. It's not mine. It's nothing to do with me. It's it's their role that they could get or not get because of what I do. Um, so for me, it was the best thing. It taught me how to sight read really well. It made me meet a load of new people, people that I've aspired to for years and years and years and West End actors and actresses and performers that I've gone, oh my God, these are incredible people. 
And then they're coming in and they're going, hi, yes, really lovely to meet you. And I'm going, it's lovely to meet me. Uh, there's a mirror there. Have you seen yourself? Like, <laughs> oh, my God, it's, it's you. And that is how he greeted me when we started this record, everybody. So it's very kind Absolutely. of you, Josh. Very... <laughs> <laughs> kind of held a little mirror up to the camera and went, yeah. there you go, Chris. Yeah. It's you. I'm not even looking at him. I'm just looking at a mirror. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for me, I much rather am on the side of the of the keys as opposed to the side of the table. I always find that a bit daunting. I don't really know, really know where to look or what to do with my hands or my legs. I'm always a bit like, oh, hello, yes, nice to meet you. Do you want a handshake? Okay. Um, no I one wants a handshake now, Josh. Do. Everyone wants a handshake, but they can't have one now. <laughs> no handshake, <laughs> little elbow bump or a socially distanced wave, maybe. A, po- a polite nod. Like a... A polite <laughs> nod. <laughs> little head tilt. Little tip of the hat. We're going in early now. What is your yeah. favourite piece to play as an audition pianist and by this I mean what one we after saying this you're going to get every time <laughs> <laughs> um oh what an interesting question I absolutely and I'm going to shoot myself in the foot for saying this I am a big 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 fan of Jason Robert Brown I really enjoy his work um I think composers that are pianists as well tend to write really well for the piano as piano reductions for things yeah. So for me, anything JRB or anything um, anything that I can really kind of get my teeth into, anything yeah. that's got a good groove that I can kick into that the, the company member or the, the audition um, performer also can really get into, anything we can kind of lock into together, I'm, I love. So something like Moving Too Fast or something like um, uh, Pulled from the Adams Family or the Andrew Lipper stuff that's really kind of piano heavy that I can really get my teeth into. And as long as they're giving their all as well, anything that's piano heavy, I'm a big, big fan of being self-indulgent. That sounds really awful. That sounds really big-headed. But I love anything that's piano heavy. It's just a gig for you, really, isn't it? That's <laughs> just money, that's all it is. It's just a gig. It's just <laughs> fun. Uh, but it's, it's nice to hear, I think, it's nice to hear from an audition pianist um, exactly that, exactly that. That you do enjoy that. Yes, it's definitely not right for most auditions. It's only right for something that is in the same style. But when the opportunity presents itself, it's nice to know that the... And I use the the phrase loosely, the more difficult pianist... uh, The the more difficult Mm. piano music of something like JRB is is enjoyable to play for the people having to play it. And there was a thing he said once... I can't. It was a long time ago. Someone said, "Oh, no one can play it when I take it in." And then I think it might have even been him say, "Well, they need to learn it because these are the things that people are going in with." And I, I absolutely, I remember going, "You're absolutely right." If this is the material being presented yeah. in auditions, because this is the the right piece for the right show, then the pianist should be able to play it. I mean, I don't <laughs> play piano, so that's a very that's a very bad thing for you to say. But you know, it's, if if the music in it, that's being written for the industry that one works in is is getting more again loosely yeah, termed yeah. complex, um, if the, if the manuscript <laughs> is getting blacker, <laughs> then no, absolutely deal with it. I don't know. I don't know. I it's that's probably that's the wrong. I know where I think, he was going with that, and it made a lot of sense. It yeah. made a lot of sense. Absolutely, I think it it it's really up to the kind of whoever is hiring the pianist that day, being the, the producer or the, or the casting director or whoever, to go, I'm casting Greece. I probably don't need to get 
Lang Lang in to play for the auditions. But if I'm <laughs> casting Parade... I'd love that. He's, I'd love he's that. There. He's there playing those magic changes. Um, <laughs> whereas if you are casting something like Parade or something like A Little Night Music, you have to hire an appropriate pianist for that. Um, yeah. So I absolutely think it is absolutely dependent on the show, but I'm a big fan of... of kind of slightly grittier pieces to get my teeth into but obviously for the right audition for sure <laughs> the two chord special yeah. <laughs> ping just press demo and have a cup of tea that's all yes, dj dj <laughs> <laughs> oh i wish i could. i wish i had that skill i'm so jealous of anyone who can just sight read a piano I, i'm a flautist and i find sight reading hard enough as it is but okay i could never i just could never do it piano was never in my my wheelhouse it was never something that i was like oh yeah i can do that because i <laughs> absolutely can't <laughs> oh i'm sure you could it's just pushing little bits of plastic down a centimeter it's all it is oh dear there's a, there's a lot of jokes there i'm not going there. um <laughs> <laughs> are you ready to start with an absolute this one is this one is genuinely terrible let's do it i'm ready oh dear I don't think I've told I don't think I've told this one before, but it's been in my inbox for a little while. This actor emails in about being sent for a commercial. Cool. Which are always a good way to start. <laughs> then, if anyone's not been for a commercial audition or if anyone doesn't know the commercial casting process, sometimes and I repeat, sometimes they are mental. Okay. This is a very specific type. He starts. So my previous agent contacted me about an audition for an insurance commercial in London. He told me they were looking for an actor to portray a man who'd been in a car crash and was in recovery and the aftermath. There was no script, so I made up a character in a background story. I went to the audition and did my piece. The casting directors enjoyed it, so much that my agent informed me I was on a heavy pencil for the role and I was recalled back for another audition. I go down to the other recall and perform the scene, including another scene with the actor playing my partner, and they were really pleased with it. A few days later, I get a call from the casting director asking for the insurance papers for the accident my character was in. I was a bit confused (laughs) and asked what she meant. She told me she thought I was telling the truth about the crash, No, And that's when I was shocked to find out my agent had lied, not just to me, but to the (gasps) casting director as well. Oh, my God. Get a new agent. (laughs) Well, yeah, absolutely. It didn't happen to me, but they thought I'd actually been in the crash. I confessed and instantly lost the job. (gasps) So they were looking for someone that actually been in a car crash? They, Yeah, basically. Oh, my God. I think my agent at the time thought that because I have scars on the side of my head from reconstructive surgery when I was younger, I could pass off as someone who'd been in a car accident and went through the insurance and rehabilitation to get to where I am today. They lied. I didn't know. And I'm amazed because I got quite far to being cast in the project. No. That is terrible behavior. that's awful to be fair though i think if if my phone rang and someone at the end of the phone was like have you been in a car accident i'd, I'd normally hang up anyway so <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i'd have picked up that call anyway <laughs> well that's a very good point but that is terrible behavior it's awful terrible behavior from that agent yeah. knowing knowing full well that the casting team are looking for real people with real stories yes they can be actors we all saw that Specsavers commercial advert the other week but <laughs> oh boo but yes they can be actors 
but they could also have had a, a car accident. You know, oh, that is that's just the, that's bad. That's that's funny, but bad, bad, bad. Don't that's be really bad. like that. Yeah, and just exploiting that poor guy. Yeah, made to look like an ass, and made to look like he was lying. Yeah. No, 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 no. God, no, no, no. Completely exploiting his kind of facial reconstructive surgery scars by going, oh, it's a car accident. I'm like, no, you can't. No. You can't do that. Oh, my God. <laughs> when, he, when he sent me that one, the scars on the side of the face came in a secondary email. So I read that and I was like, that's terrible. And then that line came through and I was like, that is terrible. Yeah. Really bad. Yeah. And I can only hope that you found better representation now. One yes. who views you as a person and not just uh, an opportunity. Precious so, dummy. yes. Yeah. Good nurse me. Have you ever lied about facial reconstructive surgery, Josh? <laughs> uh, it doesn't come up very often in the world. <laughs> it's normally the back of my head that's only ever seen. So. No, it's very rarely the front. Have you, ha- have you ever had somebody lie about something in an audition? Maybe it's lying, be able to sing a certain song or if they hand over the music to you and just go, <laughs> don't tell them I can't actually speak French. So I had, this was for a drama school audition. Oh, um, see, now, this, just a caveat before we go any further. When I yeah. put this show together in general, the whole series, I com- genuinely completely forgot about the joy, the wonder and the brilliance that is drama school auditioning. Yeah. So every now and again, a drama school audition story comes up and it makes me so happy because I genuinely forgot that they happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was this, it's a relatively prestigious drama school. So one would hope that the students coming in would have some kind of base level of knowing how to audition. Yeah. Um, and they were told, please bring in a two-minute monologue and a ballad and an up-tempo. And the way the audition worked is that in the morning, you had like a little workshop with them. So the person on the dance side of the panel and the person on the music side of the panel, that's myself, and the person on the act side of the panel, all had like an hour workshop with each of the kind of three groups. Um, and I was in this workshop and there was this girl who, I can't do accents at all, really, <laughs> really, really thick Scottish accent, like the whole time, like you couldn't understand her. Um and I'm pretty good at, I'd like to think as an MD, I'm pretty good at listening to people and understanding diction, all that kind of stuff. But it was nothing. There was just nothing coming out of her that I could understand. I was like, this is this is really bad, but fine. I look forward to her audition. We get into the auditioning room and we're going through people and it's kind of fine. It's a bit, the trouble with uh, drama school auditions is it can become a bit kind of cattle cooly because it's just so many you have to get through within a day. Yeah. Um. So you kind of, and she came in and I, was, and I kind of had in my head, I was like, oh, there was something about this girl that I that I remember like in the workshop in the morning, this was like four or five in the afternoon. I saw her maybe at nine, been through what, however many people since then. And she brings over a very American song that has lyrics in it that reference like moving uptown to New York and that kind of stuff. So I'm like, brilliant, fab, perfect song for a drama school audition. Nice and easy, brilliant. Start playing and she starts singing. It's this thick, thick Scottish accent that's coming through, <laughs> singing about moving uptown to New York. And I'm sat there going, okay. And the, the one thing that this place kind of prided themselves on within auditions was giving feedback, kind of live feedback at the time. So I'm like, okay, let's give her some feedback. Hi, can you come over to the piano? Let's try it again, but let's really kind of push that kind of New York accent. Let's really push that American accent this time. Um, 
And she's like, okay, I can't do the accent. Okay, I'm not okay. going to try. Not gonna try. <laughs> I am Bruce. No, there we go. <laughs> that's all of Scotland stopping listening now. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that country. 32 countries now. Um, so she did this. And she did it again. And it was as bad, if not worse. It was exactly the same. It was almost, it was like so full on. It was like, oh God, you poor thing. Your singing teachers never obviously worked on vowel placement and that, that kind of stuff with you. And then the acting coach was like, brilliant, that's that's fine, well, that's enough for now. Um, can we hear your, your monologue? And she turns, and when I say she turned so quickly, it almost caused her whiplash. She turned and she went, I don't have a monologue, in this beautifully British accent. And he was like, what? And she was like, I don't have a monologue because I'm from Bristol. <gasps> and, we were just, and we were just like, what, 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 what does she mean? And then it clocked that what she'd done no, is she'd no, been no, 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 playing no. a character all day <laughs> oh, no. to the detriment of her audition. And I'm there going, well, she's, she's kind of got out of it anyway because she sang it really awfully with a bad accent. And she'd spent the whole time, and the acting tutor who kind of calls a spade a spade was like, no, but you haven't really played a character. You've just put on an accent all day. And she's like, yes, but you thought I was from Scotland, didn't... Is this beautiful British accent? You thought I was from Scotland? And we were like, yeah, yeah, no, we did. And she was like, if that doesn't prove my acting ability, then nothing will. <laughs> and I remember just being sat there going, this person, who seemed lovely, and I'm sure she's very lovely, and I'm sure she's made it very well in the industry now, is like 17 years old at this point. And I'm like, what tutor have you had that's gone, oh. the best thing you can do? Is put on a fake Scottish accent for the whole time. It was like I just couldn't. I was, and I'm really bad when I get the giggles. I'm really bad at hiding yeah. it. <laughs> and I sat behind the desk. Thankfully, I was behind her, just like tears streaming down my face. I had ulcers in my mouth for the next week trying to bite my mouth to stop myself from laughing. Oh. It was so dreadful. So don't lie about where you're from. And she'd like put on her. Um, she filled her, it like, in in character as well. Yeah, and she like filled in her form as like she's she was from this place in Scotland and and it was just all lies. She just lied to us. She hadn't acted, she just lied to us for the whole day. That's it, right? On that kind of day. And I said, look, let's let's put the benefit of the doubt in here to the to the tiniest of degrees. Yeah. I could see what she was trying to do. Oh gotcha. But <laughs> Big but. But but uh all the way through that. <laughs> She would have been thinking, this payoff is going to be absolutely bloody brilliant. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is going to blow them away. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be one of those moments where they go, oh, my God. Well, here's your scholarship. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Why? No, so no, 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 no. And she, so she chose that moment. Oh. Yeah, it was like, can I have a monologue? Boom. Oh, dear me. I don't understand how... Somebody can go through an entire audition process. <laughs> yeah. And think that's a good idea. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you reference it every audition day now? <laughs> One of the few that I reference. I think as a pianist, from listening to this programme, I've kind of gone, oh, the actors have got brilliant stories. I'm like, they've got one story for every audition they go for. I'm like, every set of auditions I play for, I've got like five good stories. I often feel a bit like a doctor. You know, when you, like doctors, when you meet doctors at dinner parties and you're like, who put what up their bum? Like, yeah, it's when, always what's what up your you bum. Seen? Let's face it. Yeah. Let's face it. This, the, you know, the patient confidentiality. If I was a doctor, I'd be telling everyone what I found <laughs> up someone's bum. Let's let's Absolutely. face it. A jar of pickles. Like, what? No. 
<laughs> smashed. And then going to like dinner parties with like other musical theatre people, I'm like, here's some audition stories that you need to know. Yeah. This is why the podcast works. Yeah, absolutely. That's unbelievable. Now, we, you know, the whole point of this show is to prove to everyone else in the industry, all sides of the table, we all have those stories. We've all been in that position and it's okay for things to go wrong. I'm going to go ahead and say that wasn't okay because <laughs> you're right. Absolutely lied yeah. to the panel and yeah. it backfired because that yeah. is not a good idea. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely However, not. if I ever go for an audition again, I'm totally doing it. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> we, we spoke a little bit about this and if, if it was that she was made... So I... I'm from Wales and um, I don't necessarily have a Welsh accent. I never really did. I, I can put it on when I need to. And whenever I used to go for a certain production company's parts who always used to cast Welsh roles, I, they'd always have to ask me to put on an accent. So okay. if she maybe had a more neutral voice and didn't have a Scottish accent but was Scottish, then that's okay. But d- d- no, I'm st- I am stunned by that one because yeah, I cannot get my head around it. Flipping heck. So if you could do yeah. the rest of the podcast in a heavy Scottish accent, please, that would be... <laughs> That's not going to happen. Oh, Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> oh, dear. I like to go to Cribs Causeway. No, it's fine. Good. Wow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, moving on. <laughs> Talking about choices, mm. here is an actor who sent in a story. It's, it's, it's quite a quick one, but it's about panicking and dealing with what happens there and then. Okay. And because you are an MD, I thought this is a really good one. <laughs> Brilliant. The actor talks about an, a mock audition. It's not even an actual audition. So maybe this okay. is why they got away with it. A mock cabaret audition with a high-profile musical director whilst training. They say they rocked their first song, which is a sultry song they'd learned especially and was right on the money for the show, as was fed back to her afterwards. Her second song was Here I Am from Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. She says, I usually sing this without any issue at all, but something fuzzed my brain. Probably being asked to sing my second song, a little bit underconfident, and little me at the time, it took me by surprise. I forgot the words in three places, and the second verse went something like this. I won't sing it, I won't put that, copyright issues. (laughs) <laughs> but mum and dad kept saying, hold your horses. <laughs> Pardon me, folks, but they couldn't wait. The middle bit went, the air is French, the chair is French, the nice, sincere, sincere is French, the fries are French, the guys are French, the French fries are French, the guys are French. <laughs> and the ending went, so doobity-doo, la-la-la-la-la-woo, excusez-moi if I shout, I'm letting my me out. <laughs> <laughs> Hilariously, he only noticed a little. I somehow managed to blag it. <laughs> God. Now we've all been there. <laughs> Where what? The French fries are French. The guys are French. Let me repeat that. The French fries are French. The guys are French. Appetite civil play. Think of if you've managed to improvise on the spot, just improvise another one. Just go. Yeah. <laughs> Once you're in that hole, you don't start repeating. You don't start making more things French. You, everything's French. We're all French. The Euro's French. The tunnel's French. Disneyland is now French. I'm French. We're, oh, have you ever... What's the, 
God, that really made me laugh. What's the worst instance of somebody forgetting their words in an audition that you played for? And even more important is what's a really good way of recovering when you do forget the words? So this is going to sound really odd. I don't think I've... If I have had people forget words, it's always been a... Because I normally read along with their line as opposed to the piano line, because nine times mm. out of ten it will be a piece that I'm, I'm aware of before. So I'll be following along their line. And nine times out of ten, if they forget their words, generally I'll stop. And then it's my fault. And then it's my fault for stopping. And I'll go, oh, let's just go back there. Um, and I always think that's a nicer thing than them having to try and figure out what they're going to sing or them having to stop themselves. If I just go, oh, hi, yeah, do you want to just come over? We'll just go through that again and we'll and then we'll start again. I always think that's a much nice thing. So I don't think, and I started that a few years ago, that I, I've always kind of said, if they muck up and I can see they're stressing, I'll stop it. I will, I will, I will be the person that, I'll be the bad guy in the room. Um, and I don't think since then I've really seen anyone muck up their words. I've had one guy, and I wasn't planning on telling this story, but I can tell it. What was it for? It was for another drama school. If it was for the same, oh my god, it's for the same drama school. Here we go. See, Here we this go. Is, this is why you come on because they just fall out of you in the end. I love it. He came in in a German accent. No, <laughs> distinctly Welsh accent for the whole show, and then all my stories are the same story. Um, and he was auditioning for a college course it was like a college route yeah okay. so it was, he was probably 15 16 okay. probably at the time um and it was a saturday afternoon audition and he was like still in like rugby gear from the morning like still muddy so it was like okay this is someone and the second is a musical theater person i see someone in sports gear i go they're not a musical theater person they're, they're <laughs> the other side um they're normal so it, i already had my doubts um <laughs> and he came in and it was like, okay, so what, what two songs have you bought? Being really lovely to him. And he was like, I've bought Impossible Dream and Any Dream Will Do. So in my head, I'm going, if you type into Google male audition songs, those are like your top two that come up. Those are really big go-for audition songs. Yeah, so I'm a bit the, like... The first two in the anthology, they are. Yeah, in the voice anthology tenor, they're probably the top two. <laughs> um, so I'm a bit like... Okay, when I start to hear songs like that, I start to go, either this person is phenomenal or they maybe aren't as well-versed within the world of musical theatre that than some of the other students might be, which is yeah. absolutely fine. They're here to train. They're not here Especially to Especially at 15. Absolutely, for sure. So it was like, let's have let's have um, Impossible Dream and sung it. And it was like, okay, that was fine. Fab, brilliant. So it was like, let's hear the other one because he's clearly left something to come here so let's make it a day for him let's say any dream will do and the piano part starts and it goes um and he's supposed to go i close my eyes and he stood there and i was like and i'm pressing the e and i'm like i there's your note and he's going no it's okay like don't worry i'm like what but it's a singing audition and you're not singing, so yes, worry. I will worry. So I was like, okay, well, we'll start again. And played it again. Da, 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 da. Nothing. So I'm, I kind of called him over and I was like, do you, like, is there a cut in the music that, that we're not aware of? Like, where do you start? And he's like, oh, I'll just start a bit later, but I want the piano to play from the beginning. So I'm like, fine, all sorted. Let's try it again. 
And I'm playing. And he goes, Oh, God. And I'm like, And he's like, Ah. And everything I play, I'm like, Do, 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 do. And he goes, Hand in the East. Oh, my gosh. And he spent the whole song, the whole, like, what, two and a half minute song, just singing the kids' chorus parts from on the oh. stairs and not singing the Joseph part. So as far as words are concerned, oh. have ever had anybody forget their words? He didn't forget his words. Just chose not to sing them. Just chose not to sing it. So at the end of it, it was like, that was really, really well done, really lovely, really liked it. Um, it's a question. It's like a creative choice. Like, what, what made you choose to sing those parts? And he was like, oh, well... We did it at school, and I, I, I didn't play Joseph. I, I, I was, I played the, on, I was in the ensemble. Oh. So that's the part that I know. And it was just like, oh my god, this is the innocent little kid that I'm like, oh, okay. I feel I bad for giggling that. now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I was like, oh god, I just laughed it in your face. Um, but no, it was. That was probably my most memorable words audition failure that I've ever seen. Um, but again, so innocent because. That made absolutely. sense to him back then. And if he isn't yeah. trained, then that's absolutely fine. And yeah. it it shows he fits in with the ensemble very well. That's what that is. Absolutely. He's a blender. Very good on, He's a blender. If you may be 15, are you seven? Because if you're yeah. seven, you can sit on the stairs. 15, bit too. <laughs> I, I did that twice and I can still remember the pain by the start of the mega mix. My hands on my knees, because you're not allowed to move them, kids, uh, is <laughs> just... I just started thinking, I really need to move now. I really need to not sit here with this smile. I really need... This is the third show of the day, and we're on day two. I I have to move. And then the Megamix starts, and you go, oh, we're not even halfway yet. Okay, smile. (laughs) And that was when I was... I've never... I've never done the show as as an adult, but I remember it, and I've since watched it, and I'm just thinking... I can feel the pain. I can feel the pain. Ah. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. That is really sweet. Hello, Christopher here. Just a reminder that if you have a story about a casting or an audition, if you're a performer or the other side of the table, a casting process that you've been part of, if you're a producer, a director, musical director or a pianist, then make sure you email us. Don't call us pod at gmail.com. We've got some incredible guests coming up over the next couple of months, including people from Broadway, from the West End, from TV, from movies and from the world of YouTube as well and stand up comedy. So make sure you email us your stories as soon as you can. Don't call us pod at gmail.com and we'll feature them anonymously on our show. Now, back to Josh. Bye. So apart from being a very, very courteous pianist, when uh-huh. when actors and musical theatre performers and singers have those moments in an audition when they're in the middle of their song, mm. what advice would you give to people to to show them that this is a good way of of claiming back that moment? Not necessarily stopping and, and starting again, but what would you say to them to go, do you know what? If you think this way, that's okay. That's a really good way. If you mess up your words, you forget your melody, you crack. Everyone's cracked in an audition, especially 10 o'clock on a Monday. If it's a cold, dry room and, you know. Yeah. What would you? What piece of advice um, would you give to, to people from, a, from a, a musical director point of view? From a musical director point of view, I've never, ever minded, and I know... 
probably casting directors are going to kill me for this because we always run late and everything always is a bit frantic. I've never minded people stopping auditions. I've never minded somebody going, oh, can we just, can we just start that bit again? I, I just did that bit wrong. Because chances are, as a pianist at least, because I'm staring at the music, I've noticed what's happened. Um, so I'm always, always happy for them to stop and just start over again. That's something that I've always suggested to all my students. I'm always like, just, just stop and start over. It's fine. They won't mind. It looks better, in my mind, if somebody just restarts something than if they try and blag their way through it really badly. That being said, I've got a very good... I don't know if it works with learning lyrics. I used it to learn piano pieces off by heart. It might learn, It might work with learning lyrics. I'll give a little lyric learning tip, okay. fellow performers out there. <gasps> I, need a, I need a jingle now. A tip, a proper tip. Josh's proper tip. Just the tip. Hashtag just the tip. That's what the... No? Okay, moving on. <laughs> Can't use that. No. Nope. Um, family family show. Listening. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so when I was learning piano pieces, my teacher at university would always say the best thing, the best way to learn something off by heart is not to learn it from the beginning. Yes. But to yes, play yes, 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 yes. the last bar and then play the last two bars and the last three bars. And I think if you're a singer and you learn the last line and then the line before that, then the further you get into the song, the more confident you're getting because the more you know it, the more you've done that bit. Whereas keeping on starting from the beginning, the further you get into it, the less you will have done it. So I've always suggested just learn it from the back to front. Is that a tip that you are aware of? That is literally how I learn every song. It's the best way. It's the best way. I was taught that in my, well, not my first ever job, but my first professional job as part of the child's chorus of a national tour of Welsh national opera's Carmen. Because obviously it was in French as well. So uh, we were like, that bit, right? <laughs> but we started, yeah. we started, that was my voice now, not even, not broken. Um, Brilliant. We started at the end because obviously it was French and, and we did it and we built up from the end because yeah. as soon as you get to a point, you just autopilot much easier and yeah. then run it all the way through and it's even easier. So that I, you're the first person I've heard <laughs> apart from whoever it was that directed me when I was a 12 year old boy. Say that, but I've always done it. That's how I always learn songs if I'm learning it myself yeah. because I find it so much easier and it, and it works. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I was right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you were right all this time. And all you've got to do is know the first line. Once you know the first line, the further you get, the easier it is. And you just go on autopilot. Ah, see, that's my problem. I always, always forget the first line. <laughs> I always forget the first line. I did a concert once. It was with an orchestra down in, in uh, Bournemouth somewhere, and I was singing anthem with an yeah. orchestra, like best of music on that. And I just went, no man, no madness. Nope, nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Had to stop, double check it in front of everyone going, sorry, guys, I just start that again. No. And then went to went through it again. And I was, the second time I was all right. But I just went, no, I haven't. I've got nothing. I've got nothing. <laughs> Because God. I don't no. know, I don't know. But I stopped it. Everyone had a giggle. Then we went back to being serious and, and nailed it. But it was just oh, that's my problem. I need to find a way of learning the very first two lines of a song, and then my process will yeah. work better. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh dear me! I well, see. I I struggle with my memory now, so mm. I find I find lyrics, lyric learn. Well, I don't audition anymore, so that's probably why. But I find. Working at the piano works and sing easy, 
where I'm singing things for the first time, I rely a little bit more on an iPad than I probably should just because that's the kind of gig that that is. But I never, when it's like when you're on with a band or something, I'm not talking Mm. musical theatre here. I never worry about looking at a singer if they've got an iPad or lyrics on or something on a music stand because I'm looking at it and thinking, well, that might be, certainly if it's a function band, that might be that person's first time singing it with those three people because they've gigged out and they've depped the gig out. And the and the musicians are reading dots. So why can't the yeah, the, the the vocalist follow the arrangement on there? And actually, nine times out of ten, you're only looking at the first word of the line to make sure you know what is coming next, so that a cut isn't surprising you out of nowhere with an extra fourth yep. chorus. You know, you're not going again and again and again. You know, absolutely. You know, oh, that was high. I haven't sung since March. Goodness, wow. It's you know, I I. I never worry about watching somebody out of context in a gig mm. u- using that kind of thing. But, but yeah, I, I'd st- I would definitely struggle now to learn a, a three-hour show with loads of lyrics and stuff or a play. I, I don't yeah. know if my head would have it. I'd have to be... There was a thing that came out this week about Boris Johnson putting... When he did Richard the Third, I think it was, or he messed it up and he put lyrics everywhere. And I'm just yes, thinking... Yes, I saw that. I'm just thinking, oh, that's quite a good idea, actually. I did a production once, which I absolutely won't mention, um, at a relatively prestigious theatre with a older actor who um, just wasn't able to remember his lines. Yeah. Which was absolutely fine because he's an older actor, very prestigious actor, very kind of well-known, and it was like, brilliant, he's, this is a really good person, but just isn't a line learner. But when he had his lines, he was brilliant, absolutely phenomenal. So the whole of the tech week process was spent... What can we give him that he can hold that he can have his words on him? So we'll just give him a box to carry at this point, and let's let's stand him behind the chair so we can have his lyrics on the back of the chair. It was all it, that's what the whole tech week was just going. Where can we put his words? And I was like, if I was doing that show, that's what I would need. Just pop an earpiece in, yeah. Oh, <laughs> this you mean this long toilet roll scroll that he has the character has to have for the entire thing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's, it's it's a, it's set in the 1500s. Why has he got Google glasses on? Okay, there we go. Just <laughs> just like auto queuing it. That's that's what it's going to yeah. come to one day, isn't it? That is the MD it's cam. Be. It's just like MD cam holding up <laughs> placards, like cue cards, yeah. the whole time. Just really really close to the chest, like that. So you yeah. can't. Yeah. That the pit is low enough down that no one else can see it, and you have to kind of put it like an overhead projector. You have to yeah. <laughs> yeah. series of angles, a periscope or something. <laughs> So tell me another time in your audition pianist career when an audition has stuck in your head. It could be for good, could be for bad, but when something made it more memorable than the others. So for me, auditions, I'm going to tell you a good story. I'm going to tell you a nice story. We like this. We like the balance of absolute nightmare failures and some that are quite good. When it works really well, when it works really well, auditions are the very, very best. Yeah. I don't even mean getting the job. I just mean when sometimes you go in, you nail it. The panel are totally on your vibe. Yeah. The pianist absolutely smashes the accompaniment. <laughs> the te- everything works. If it's so, it's such a good feeling. So give me mm. one of those then. Go on. So there's there's kind of two things that stick out in my head that I've seen that I've always gone. That's how you do an audition, and it was the the. One that sticks out the most to me, and the one that I always suggest to people, is for people that get kind of really bad performance anxiety, which is a real thing, absolutely. Oh, and my it's, word. It's so much harder than, as a teacher, I'm always stopping myself from going, well, just don't get nervous. 
I'm like, this is the worst thing because it can be yeah. a really, really real thing. And I know if I'm, I do my absolute best work if I'm in a pit, not seen, in blacks, just playing. <laughs> if I'm on stage or on, like recently I've done those live streams and doing a live stream, I'm like, oh my God, not only is it going to be seen live, it's also going to be recorded and it's going to exist forever. You know, that's um, what we're doing with this, don't you? It's oh not God. just a oh, surprise. Bye. <laughs> See you soon. Um, <laughs> Leave meeting for all. This... Okay. <laughs> yeah. End meeting. And there was this one girl, woman, um, girl, woman, who has got a very good career, has worked in lots of nice big shows, um, and is currently working in, well, not currently, but was before lockdown, was working in a really big show in a really good part. And I remember her coming in for an audition for a UK premiere that I was doing. And it was quite a big, like, prestigious thing to do. And it was a really nice, exciting show. And there was a lot of pressure, I feel, um, from uh, on, on the cast to kind of provide us with the best thing the writer was going to be. That was this kind of quite a big, nice project. And she came in and she opened up her book and it was like, she was going to sing I Could Have Danced Now or something like that. Something that was like, okay, fab, brilliant. Opened up her book as something that I didn't really need to chat through. And this little, like, pink, like, love heart post-it was on there. And she just kind of tore it off and put it in a pocket. And I was like, what was that? That was really weird. Fine. Maybe it was something that she left on from a previous edition or something. And I could tell that she was really nervous when she came in the room. And then when she started singing, or when she kind of gave her music and then went away, it was like everything just fell away. It was like she was absolutely fine. And I was like, wow, what a brilliant performer. So then while she was chatting to the panel, I always kind of flick through their rep book just to see kind of what else is in there. Um, I was flicking through and I went to the next page, next kind of song, and there was another Pink Love Heart. And there's one on every single piece. And I was like, these are brilliant. What are these? And it, they all said like affirmations. It was like, you've got this, or I'm with you, or you're going you're gonna to smash it. And when she came back over, I was like, thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. I was like, these, these Pink Love Hearts... That's, that's really nice. Like, I was thinking through your rep folder, I hope you don't mind. And she was like, yeah, I, I get really nervous. So I get my mum to write me down little kind of affirmations. Oh. That, as in the when I then get really nervous and get in the room. And then I open up my folder, I see my mum's written me a note that says, you got this? And then I know that everything's going to be fine. Oh. And I was like, what a fab idea for people that get really nervous and feel, because auditions can feel really lonely, I think. You're going to a room by yourself having to present yourself. And having a little note from a parent or a loved one or a or whoever it just says you got this like i'm with you all the way just boosted her and i was like that is such a good idea so that's, that's a, really a great call good thing in auditions for people to do i think if you get any kind of performance anxiety that you feel alone for get your mum to write a little note for you oh, i like that yeah. someone you love literally giving you words of go on girl or something like that yeah. that's a really sweet thing and even do it to yourself just talk to yourself before and just go yeah, you're fine. You've got this. Yeah. You're all right. You know what you're doing. Because you do know what you're doing. And if you go into those auditions and remind yourself, I know what I'm doing because I've been asked to be here and I wouldn't have been asked to be here if I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. It's it's easier said than done. Obviously, it's very difficult for some people. But if you you talk to yourself and just go, of course, I'm fine. Yeah. That's the whole point of the show. If it does go wrong after that fact, it's all right. It's all right for it to go wrong because you could just start again. And if you've got lovely yeah. Josh on the piano, he'll stop it for you anyway. So it's fine. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> That's a really good one. I like that. And I like that as an example of when it 
something so simple that one can do to just remind themselves to just be in the moment and nail it. And then, like you said, as soon as she walked away, bang, it was everything was great. Yeah, she was just really nervous when she came in the room, a bit shaky. And I was like, oh, wow, she's just someone that's, that's really good. Why is she Why is she nervous? Like, she's fab. It's, it's kind of naivety of me. Mm. And then the second she opened it up and just cut this little note thing and just chucked it in a pocket, it was it was didn't make a big thing of it. Just took it off in a pocket, and I was like, "Wow, she's just like a changed person." And yeah. it was little notes from her mum, little notes from her mum that, and she got ended up getting the job in the end. And I chatted to her loads about it, and it was just little notes from her mum that she just loved. It's brilliant. I, like I really love that. What a lovely story to balance the chaos that the rest of them are. <laughs> <laughs> and talking of which. So this, this is a, this isn't even. There's nothing really that necessarily goes wrong in this one. It's just a really funny set of circumstances that this yeah. guy, <laughs> he he was there for the audition, and he he his mind wandered. Let's say that. Oh, no. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> a few years back, I was living in Vancouver, Canada, and had just signed with a film and TV agent. It was all quite exciting because I'd done my fair share of musical theatre since graduating a year and a half earlier, but had yet to dip my toe into the prominent Vancouver film pool. I eventually got my very first email from my agent with an audition. It was for a TV show I was pretty familiar with and was really my cup of tea, so I was really excited. I scanned the email, looking at details, time and date. I found the details of the role I was auditioning for and it said, Frat Guy. A frat guy? Me? Now, don't get me wrong, I'm often typecast as leading man, boy next door, prince, etc. But a stereotypical frat guy, I do not be, he says. <laughs> Perhaps that's years of growing up as a closeted gay man with a massive fear of toxic masculinity talking, but we'll save that for the next therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> I accept the audition, obviously, and got to work memorising the five lines in my best straight bro, he says, voice, which included <laughs> chanting... Sigma Chi sucks. Sweet Jesus be with me. I decided to approach the character as being a privileged preppy guy whose dad clearly paid for him to be on this particular frat, as that was the character I could believably play on screen at that time. Feeling good with my choices, I made my way to the audition in my popped collared polo shirt. He says, that's what straights wear, right? <laughs> the <laughs> Hey now, come on. The audition was at a place I had never been to before, but I quadruple checked I had the right address and left plenty of time to get there. I found the building fairly easily and the audition room was on the top level. I took the lift up, still a little paranoid I was in the wrong building. The doors open and the first thing I see is a buff, shirtless man fastening a makeshift toga around his naked torso. My eyes widen and say comically to hide my awkwardness. Well, well, it looks like I'm in the right place. He <laughs> smiles at me. I blush. I turn the corner to go and sign in. And what do I see? But a room filled with 15 of the most stunningly beautiful, buff, chiseled jawline, perfectly haired young men I'd ever seen in person in my life. The in person there is a lovely addition. <laughs> <laughs> it is a conscious effort to keep my jaw from dropping to the floor. I casually tiptoe my way through the crowd of muscle to sign in, drop off my headshot and resume and find an empty seat. Whilst I'm sitting and waiting, I feel like a kid at Disneyland as I try to contain my excitement and I sound like the mix of a giggle and a whimper, not unlike a puppy in a car knowing it's going to a park. <laughs> Looking around the room, I see that I clearly don't belong. 
It's a group of people who apparently go to the gym between five and 37 times a week. I simultaneously <laughs> feel skinny and fat. I notice another guy like me who also doesn't quite fit in. He's sitting in a slump in the corner, quietly shaking his head. A new hottie walks in the room and he and five guys are up with, Dude, you're here too. How's it going, bro? Etc. <laughs> the slumping guy in the corner then subtly rolls his eyes and mumbles under his breath, unintentionally loud enough for me to hear. It's the same damn thing every time. Dude, how's it going? How's your dad doing? How's the workout going? He's clearly enjoying himself. I sit quietly and pleasantly as I wait my turn to go in. One of the guys looks at me, squints and says, Do you do musical theatre normally? Oh my goodness, does he maybe recognise me as the egg seller and can opener from the recent production of Beauty and the Beast? <laughs> yeah, I do. How do you know? Thought so. You have a vibe. <laughs> a vibe? I'm sitting quietly. Do I look energetic? Do I radiate jazz hands? Oh, that's funny, I say. I guess we have a type. Finally, my turn to be called in. I pry myself away from the room of eye candy and proceed to follow the runner slash reader to the audition room. Everybody inside the room is pleasant and it's quite quick. They tell me the proper way to say Sigma Chi. Apparently too many people had been mispronouncing it Sigma Key throughout the day. Where to stand and to start. I do the sides and with all my choices too. They do one more take immediately after with a slight adjustment. I even made them smirk with my straight boy chanting. A good smirk, I think, he says. I was in the room a total of one minute and 38 seconds. A little different from my last three songs, four sides, a dance call, musical theatre audition, which lasted four and a half hours. As I got back to the waiting room, I slowly packed up my bag, took one last scan around the room, giggled to myself and left. I didn't get the job, but I did later become friends with the toga guy. Shockingly, he's not even gay. Oh, well, you win some, you lose some. We can't all be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I just, first of all, the audition went well, but the circumstances yeah. in that waiting room, I can just, from reading that, it really made me laugh because he's clearly just going, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been in an audition room full of naked men, Josh, or naked women or just anything like that? I, I, not an audition room. Uh, careful uh, now. We <laughs> were... <laughs> doing it was for a production of hair um which i can say because we have to know that it has the infamous naked scene within it yep um and obviously it was a very professional audition so at no point we even thought about anything like that at all um and we got onto our lunch break and it was like let's watch some self-tapes let's go and get those done um while while, while we're kind of eating we had a really good morning and this one woman had sent in from wasn't England, it was like a, a European country, Germany, Italy, something like that, because um, it was an international tour of the production. And she stood there in this kind of like beautiful, like tie-dyed sarongy thing, and I was like, "That's a fab choice." That's a good kind of audition like, outfit for hair. Absolutely, it kind of like wooden wall. I was like, "Yeah, I'm looking at this." Even if I just looked at the first image, I'd go, "Yeah, she's fab for the role." She just looked really good. I was like, brilliant, fab. Sings a song. It's come kind of 60s-y kind of piece. We're like, Donna Summer, something like that. And I was like, yeah, brilliant, fab. All was well. I wasn't 
anything to the casting or just playing piano on it. So I just sat there with my pret salad, just kind of watching along <laughs> and enjoying it. And then she looks at the camera and she goes, oh, and in case you wanted to see it, and then literally pulled one little strap and her whole dress fell to the floor. <gasps> and she stood there, stark naked, on camera for about five seconds, which doesn't sound like that much. <laughs> when you've got eye contact with the webcam and you're gaining eye contact with her and she's just stood there, she's probably, she was in very good shape, but she's probably in her 40s or so. And being a gay man in my 20s, I hadn't really seen much of that at all. Surprise. Surprise. <laughs> and I was like, oh. and then she just looked and she was like, well, yeah, um, uh, yeah, thank you. And then she kind of went up to the camera and turned it off and then just sent that in. And it was like, at what point did you think that was appropriate to send in a, a pornographic <laughs> film as part of your audition for a 60s musical? And you definitely hadn't asked them. Like, absolutely not. It would never have even... I don't think they even spoke about it on the day. It was just something that I vaguely knew happened in the show, but none of the cast had mentioned it. It wasn't... I don't think it was even put on the casting brief that they might be nudity in the production. I think it was like a... If there is, there is, but we don't have to do that scene. It was like a very free, loving kind of thing. And she'd just gone, oh, because obviously there's a scene in there, like, if you would like to see, and then just pulled this tassel. and the, It was like a magic trick. It was like Penn and Teller were on the, the, the self-tape. She went, form, and it just fell to the floor. And now I'm going to make wow. my skin appear. Yeah. <laughs> as long as she didn't try and pull a rabbit out of the hat. But we're all right. Okay. <laughs> oh, dear. Sometimes auditions make our minds go to very difficult places. <laughs> they lead us down a path of inappropriateness. And I, Absolutely. oh dear me, that's perhaps brilliant. That's <laughs> naked. More stories about naked and nudity. And no, we don't need those. We don't need any more. But if you have them, you know, do, at, don't call us pod on Twitter. And don't call us, we'll, what's our email address? Don't call us pod at gmail.com if you'd like to email in. And if you have any audition stories that you'd like to share, any confessions about a time you really got it wrong, and it's okay to remember those times, then email us, don't call us pod at gmail.com. So before we let you go, we usually ask our performer guests what they'd like to add to the audition process but having been mostly on the other side of the table and the keys what would be the thing that you would take away from the audition process to make it either flow quicker make it better for everybody a better environment what's the thing that you would like to take away remove to make the whole casting situation a little bit better i've got an addition that i would like to add as a pianist oh okay and i've also got a subtraction so my addition miss vorderman is <laughs> I would love to have two pianists and I've thought this through scheduling wise and what happens is one pianist is in a separate room with the next person going over their piece while the other pianist is in the room auditioning with that person Tag and then team. that person then brings them in and plays the piano for them and the other pianist goes back out and finds the next person and starts playing so that for me as a pianist, I've then seen the piece before, we've gone through it, it's all fine. And also for the performer, I think, I don't know, I'm not a performer, but I think that would be a nice, relaxing thing to know that you've gone through it at least once with the pianist, you know how it's going to sound, you know what's going on, you, you're in a situation where you can go, oh, can we go a bit slower? I just want to tag team. And even if you 
it wouldn't. I don't even think it would cost him more money just not having a runner, but having the pianist as the runner. I'm like, why don't we do that? Why don't we hire pianists to be runners mm. that can be playing the piano while the other one's auditioning? That's what would be like to be my addition to the casting process. So the addition would be more work. <laughs> Just more, more work pay. for pianists. Absolutely. More pay. Oh, yeah, we'll tri- triple the fee. But Yeah. <laughs> every budget for every show has just gone high. So what would be your, what would you remove from the process then? If if that's your addition, what would be the thing that you'd get rid of because it's either not needed or it's overcomplicating things? What would it be? So there's this thing that I think is kind of unspoken about within musical theatre and it's called the do not sing list. Oh. <gasps> If I could get rid of one thing out of every auditionee's mind, <clears throat> it's the do not sing list. You can sing any song you want to. If you want to come in and you want to sing Define Gravity or I Dreamed a Dream or On My Own, please sing that. I've The amount of people that I think get told, don't sing Let It Go because everyone sings Let It Go. And then what happens? No one sings Let It Go. No one sings Let It Go, yeah. There's some songs that some people are just intrinsically suited to it just really works for them and they go oh I can't sing that song because it's really overdone I'm like well then make it overdone that's it doesn't bother me I would love to get rid of the do not sing list from Hmm. the musical theatre auditioning world I like that so how many times have you heard Jimmy (laughs) (laughs) it's just there's just some things that I'm like everyone's like no I no, you you can't, can't sing that song why not if that works for you then sing that song Brilliant. I think that's a really positive thing for our audience to hear. Oh, thank you. Is that the freedom to sing whatever suits you. Yeah. And that's it. If it does suit you, I want you to do Into the Unknown for me. There's a lot of story in it. You can tell me a story. You can absolutely nail the vocal. And we'll take it up two keys. So, (laughs) (laughs) And the songs that are big and people do know them, they're there for a reason. They're because they're they're good songs. Like Let It Go is good because it's a really good song. Really well written. And everyone goes, oh, no, I can't sing that. If you can sing it, absolutely sing it. Blow me away with it. And that was this week's episode of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You with a brilliant Josh Winston. Now, Josh is MDing and assistant MDing some fantastic productions, including First Dates, an incredible online musical with a really awesome cast. And also he is involved in the production of Songs for a New World, the Jason Robert Brown masterpiece at the London Palladium in, as we record this, in a couple of weeks' time. I think it might even be next weekend. So I'll link those down below in the episode description. Act now, go and get your tickets, get your live stream tickets, and make sure you support in any way that you can theatre that is happening. It's a very hard time for those of us who work in the entertainment world. We're being told left, right and centre that we don't matter, so we are showing them what we can add to the economy and the general London vibe by just doing what we do best. And hopefully, if you can't go to anything and you're really missing theatre or missing live entertainment, then we have given you a bit of a lift and a bit of a giggle this week, because let's face it, that's why we do the show. We do it to make you smile and remind you that it doesn't matter if things go wrong in an interview or a casting or a meeting. You're not the only one. And at least you weren't like Accent Girl and, and, you know, made it worse for yourself from the off. Why did you think that was a good idea? Oh, dearie me. Who who said that was a good idea too? Oh, I'm not going not gonna to go over it anymore. Goodness me. Anyway, 
Get tickets for Josh's shows that he's involved with. They're fantastic. The cast are amazing. And Songs for a New World at the London Palladium features previous guest of Don't Call Us, We'll Call You, David Hunter. So definitely go and uh, book your tickets for that. And if you haven't listened to David's episode, head back. It's a really, really good one. And also, there's so many episodes. If you've not listened to them all, find one that you haven't listened to, because I guarantee the stories will make you howl in them. Thank you so much to everybody who's headed to the Apple Podcast store this week, written us a five-star review and and written some very kind words. Uh, Just a side note from me, they mean more than you could possibly know uh, to myself and John. So thank you so much. It's incredibly kind reading uh, your very, very nice words about not only the show, myself and John's work as well, but all the guests that we have on. If you like theatre, entertainment, YouTube comedy, we're going to get loads more guests on. So hopefully uh, you'll you'll keep enjoying it and subscribing and listening to it. Make sure you share the show this week with somebody new who hasn't listened. Take a screenshot of yourself listening to it on your devices. Share that on Instagram at Don't Call Us Pod and on Twitter as well. And tag people that you think need to listen to it because we'd love to get loads more listeners. We are listened to now in 33 countries around the world. And that is nuts who's listening in Yemen? If you're listening in Yemen, please make yourself known because I, I cannot believe somebody's listening in Yemen. Thank you so much to whoever you are. Um, make sure you listen to all of our episodes throughout the week. Last week's with Davina DeCampo was so, so much fun. Please go back and listen to them all. We'll see you very soon next Friday for another episode of our podcast, taking you behind the audition doors. And make sure you get your stories in. Don't call us pod at gmail.com. But for now, from myself, Josh, our co-producer, John Webb, Make sure you stay safe, wash your hands, wear your mask appropriately, and remember, don't call us, we'll call you. See you soon! Bye!